Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Everyone, welcome to Absurdity. I've actually thought about saying welcome to the absurdity, but I've also realized that welcome to absurdity works just fine, too. I mean, it's called absurdity we've changed it used to be called the absurdity, the absurdity. but i really like the idea like in my head of like entering the absurd zone you well know, it's like, like hey, it's like welcome to the absurdity like you're in the arena now yeah you're in the twilight zone but we got to say it like if we do that we have to do it like thunderdome just welcome to the absurdity that's true well now we have a new uh a new what uh like intro idea. Well, but my thing is, I actually like it when we just say absurdity with Ryan Becker because it kind of reminds me of the social network. Uh, you know true. what I mean? We're yeah. like, drop the Facebook. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we can get the guy that does the the WWE. Let's get ready to rumble. Or we could just, uh, yeah, that would work. But like, welcome to the absurdity. See how much energy I had there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how much energy I had there? That was perfect. It almost feels like we haven't slept all weekend. Let's. Probably because we haven't. We haven't slept um, all weekend. Uh, this is this has been crazy. So this is actually cool because Tony, you are here in person. I am sitting in my apartment. Uh, this is the closest to feeling like we have a studio that we've ever felt. Uh, because I've I mean, got well, our I've got our document notes on a giant fifty five inch TV. It was yeah, like giant, but yeah. fifty five inch TV next to us. It's like feel, it feels huge. Everything feel well because we're like three feet. Because we're like three it. feet away, and I I normally read from my iPad, so it's like okay, that's <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is really cool. Like I I feel very Joe Rogan esque right now. A little bit, but then also like oh, like we could be doing this for real. Yeah. Now, Tony, you need to just move here so that we can open up a don't, studio. And don't do tempt this. me. I would. Please don't tempt I, me. I, I, I want. 
I want to. And now I have like five more reasons because I've eaten at Urban Sack again, and I'm just like, why did I ever leave this place? I, that's what I thought when I came back and had Urban Stack and Taco Mamacita, which we just had Yellow Deli. We got a, yeah, Yellow um, Deli. Like, you today. name it. Like, I love this place. Also, Raphael's, the local, like the pizza joint. Yes. No. Has the best fries in Ottawa. I'm pretty sure, like, in, like, the greater, like, Hamilton County area. This is just a giant plug for the Chattanooga commerce. Come live yeah. in Chattanooga, because Chattanooga rocks. We got to figure out, like, a like a, a copyrighted phrase, like, Chattanooga right, because you know what's up, or something. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't co- know. Copyrighted. There, there's something. All right, so. Only in chat. When I woke up this morning, we're recording this February 17, and I woke up this morning, and I saw a tweet that went out, I think last, I uh, no, went out earlier, like last month. I don't know why it showed up on I my probably, Twitter today. Probably somebody retweeted it. Yeah, I don't know. But okay, so uh, someone tweeted this out. They said, why do Adventists have to act like they're somehow better or more correct than other Christians? Why is there this stigma towards non-Adventist Christian churches? And I loved this uh, because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot this idea of, uh, within Adventism, I call it Adventist exceptionalism. However, for the purposes of this podcast, I want to talk about it as a larger idea outside of our denomination, because very much so, I think that this mindset, and I agree with the tweet, by the way, just just so as I, as I kind of enter this topic, I 100% agree with this tweet. Um, the, I, I've watched this happen where we have this idea that the grass is greener on the other side. And we don't talk about how we think we're better. But this is something that I found that I think it plagues literally everyone. If you believe anything or you don't or you lack a belief in anything, there is something to be said about what I will call denominational superiority uh, or denominational exceptionalism. You can choose whichever word you want to use there as I almost knock my laptop off the desk. Uh, or off our like folding table, folding but table. yeah, I um, we're going to call yeah. it a desk. Denominational I believe in authority. you, desk. Thank you. Uh, d- but denominational superiority, this idea that I am better than you because of what denomination I belong to. Hey, I should be a rapper. Chat first, but Tony already looks like Post Malone, so I think Tony's the rapper. Why you got to go there? Why you got to? <laughs> I don't even have long hair anymore. Anymore. Yeah, that's true. You've got the facial structure for it, 100. You got the goofy smile. Because I, yep, you look like Post Malone pre, pre tattoo. You know what? I'm not even that offended because he's a decent, art, like he's a he's a good artist. He's a great musician. He's well, just drunk. But all I'm saying, the time. well, what? Okay, well, like great is like change to me. When I say great, I think about like changing. This is going to tie in with denominational superiority, but. Um, you think about changing the game. I, th- I think about game changing. Yeah, like when you talk about a great athlete, I'm like, okay, there's Pele, there's Gretzky, there. You know what I mean? Like people who they had to change, Shaq, Will Chamberlain, people they had to change the game because of how they played. Okay, fair. But I so when I say Malone, great, so when I say great, I'm saying like an pure exceptionally enjoyability. Uh, yeah. No, 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 not enjoyability. I'm saying a just a wonderfully talented artist c- or talented person. Yeah, I could. Post I, Malone I, is incredibly talented. Yeah. He's just drunk all the time, so you don't really see it. Um, and, and that's and also he performs to his tracks, like he doesn't lip sync, but like his he just plays the actual song, and then just sings along with himself every time, like every show, and it's kind of annoying and I hate it. But other than his live performances, he's a super talented musician in general. I'm really surprised more people don't do that. 
But here's and here's here's the reality when we talk about like good versus great and why that ties in. I think every denomination views themselves as great. Because why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like your identity is really tied up in what you believe. I mean, yeah, and your self worth is tied up in what you believe. Absolutely, whether that's political, whether that's religious, whether yeah. that's uh, you know whatever ideology you you hold to, whether or not you even believe it yourself or understand it yourself, you're gonna stick to your guns and be like, "Well, I'm right because X, Y, Z." Well, and even even within the case of like, let's say someone deconverts, right? They they leave Christianity, to become an atheist. There's always that militant atheism stage where where your identity is now defined by what you don't believe instead of what you do. Um, like, so, and I don't mean like, I don't believe in God, but you're, you're basically, your identity is, is really formed. And I've watched this happen several times and I'm not saying everyone becomes a militant atheism because when they are militant atheists, when they deconvert, I'm just saying that this happens a lot where the majority of my conversations, everything in my framework comes around disassociating with that by critiquing it, by criticizing it, whatever. So I'm still letting my old belief system, uh, you know, drive the the fullness of my identity as I'm trying to disassociate from it. I always find that really, really funny to watch play out. Um, I do find it just, just incredibly interesting because your platform is based off of criticizing the thing that you used to belong to. Um, but Which I get, okay, so to kind of understand that, let's do our traditional, it's foundation time. Yeah, so what do we mean when we talk about denominational superiority? Um, so for me, when when we talk about this... You're wrong. Basically, um, what I understand it to mean is basically that I am my understanding, my belief, my interpretation, my group, my community that I belong to um, is the best possible version, uh, and yours is inferior in some 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 way way, for some reason. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, pardon me. so basically, like, I'm right and you're wrong. The irony being, of course, that I'm right and you're wrong. Um, Which is funny because this is my podcast and I'm right and you're wrong. But technically, it's Schrodinger's podcast because until hey, this, hey, po- hey, until hey, this hey, actually hey. posts. Hold on. It is both right and Schrodinger's wrong. Schrodinger's cat. Yours and mine. Schrodinger's cat was an experiment to uh, prove how dumb that idea was and it's turned into now the biggest poster child for like it was actually satire like that whole experiment is satire that now we use is like was it satire yes or was or, it not or was it satire? not <laughs> was it not satire, it was both satire, satire and, and not satire i hate you that's the exact the thing it was time. fighting against um it's a bunch of hooey no i agree so so this idea that the community i belong to is better than yours because it is more right more correct or it has something that your something yeah community that you lack. is missing yeah yes um, and, and so this is this is a natural thing that happens because ultimately, like, if you believe something, if you belong to something, you belong to it because you think it's better than the alternatives, right? Yeah. Like, I drive a Subaru because at the time that I bought my Subaru, I don't necessarily believe this anymore, but I believed that it was better than the other cars within my, you know, within my price range. Same deal with beliefs. I became or decided to stay because I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, but I decided to stay in a Seventh-day Adventist because after looking into my beliefs and looking into the beliefs of others, now granted, yes, I didn't look at every single belief system that there is to believe in the world. That's impossible. The uh, I decided that, yeah, I think that Adventists 
have it the most right. It doesn't mean that I believe that we have everything right, but I, 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 that's, that's why I decided to do this, is because I believe that this was the most right place for me to be. And I think we have to do a quick disclaimer that this is, this is really a phenomenon that happens within denominations. Um, yes. A lot of, most community churches don't experience this. Um, you usually go to that community, f- uh, that, that church for, because it's right where you're at. Like there's, there's reasons beyond like, like non-denominational churches don't have denominational superiority by definition because they don't belong to a domin- denomination. Except that non-denominational basically is a denomination at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, which is ironic. But so, okay, so something like uh, Francis Chan's church in, yeah, in California, like a lot of people go to that because they're close by and they enjoy it. Or, um, uh, 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 I know a lot of people who go to certain one-off churches because they're like, "There's nothing really better about it. I just it's close by and it's yeah. it's the best worship service or community or something like that. Like it's not better than anybody else. I, it's just my thing. Like I enjoy it the yeah. most. Um, so this is more something that we've seen along actual denominations that have a creed and that kind of stuff. Well, well, okay, but let me let me let me clarify something here cuz I'm not saying that simply belonging to the thing that you think is the most right is the problem. No, 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 it's superiority. The attitude. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is the belief that because you are the most right you are better than anyone else. Right. That is yeah. that is denominational superiority, right? Is or exceptionalism. You are the exception. You are exceptional. You are better than others. And it's the, kind of the same kind of belief that racism is rooted in, right? This idea that because I am this color, I am better than you. The difference between racism and prejudice is prejudice assumes somebody else is worse than you because of because they are different than you. It doesn't even matter about the, the race. It can be about ageism. It can be like anything. Racism is specifically you are less than me because of the color of your skin. Yeah, your ethnicity, because of your where tribe, you're from, wherever yeah. you're from. Like you are worse right. than me because of that. That's the difference, and that's kind of what it is. Like, well, it's, uh, the, the even better experience I've seen with this is in sports. Like there are people who enjoy like root for a team, and then there are fans, and you see this a lot in soccer, right? Like in 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 American, um, especially Americans who are Premier League fans, like. You and I are both Premier League fans. You're a fan of Chelsea. I'm a fan of Liverpool. Um, it's not enough. Like in England, they don't just root for their team. They actively want your team to burn to the ground and cry. Yeah. yeah, like it's not enough for me to win. You have to lose. Yeah. But over here, a lot of times you'll have people like, oh, you know, I really like this team. And they don't really care. Not that they don't really care, but it's like, well, if the other teams do well, they do. Well. I just want my team to win. Like, I just like rooting for my team. Um, and you'll see this a lot of times, you know, with casual, casual observers or casual, yeah. you know, people who support, casual supporters of certain teams in sports. And you'll get this a lot. And you see it in like, oh, I'm from California, and yeah, Californians so I are guess better I than you. For... Uh, well, no, I mean, not even just teams. Like, I believe that where I'm yeah, from yeah. is better than you because of where I'm from. Like, yeah. California is better than you. Or, you know, I'm from Florida. I can't really say that about anyone. So, because we have, we have Florida, man. So there, there is no hope for Florida. Flor- or Florida headlines. Uh, oh, my gosh. Florida headlines are the That's most another scary. If you want something to do with your friends on Saturday night, just look up Florida man headlines. It's, it's scary. And Every time I see one, I also ask, like, you or, or Steve, like, is this accurate? And just every time, just not even a 
hesitation, just yes. Yeah, that sounds like That's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, like, I think I know that guy. I remember the Walmart near my house got in the headlines because an alligator walked in, like walked into just just chilled in the entrance of Walmart. And they had to call the cops and no one knew what to do. And animal control had to come out and they had to like remove this gator from a Walmart. <laughs> so, like, and this is like a Walmart that I frequented back home. So have you, have you heard the joke? A gator walks into the bar. Bartender says, well, you have. Gator immediately attacks one of the patrons because it is a wild animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. literally. Yeah. So that was about as funny as every joke I ever tell. So we're really consistent with our levels of humor across the hosts of this podcast. I'm not even going to argue with you on that. That's Good, you shouldn't. Fairly. So, accurate. I think I think we have experienced this a lot, though. I think I um, have. I know I have. Yeah. Well, and and I can watch it. All right. Let me let me be clear. While this is true across every denomination, right? Uh, I think the main lens that that Tony and I talk about this through or look at this through is through our experience with Adventism. Well, that's because it's what we've. It's what we. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, our yeah, world. That's our particular journey, but yeah. everyone can kind of. I, if you're listening to our stories, think of perhaps some stories in your faith in your background faith. Yeah. that that might echo the sentiment. So I, I can uh, give Jewish, Islam, yeah, whatever. Like it, it all it happens everywhere. So Adventism crops up in the 1800s. With his belief, or, or you know, with 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 interpretations of Daniel and Revelation, and this idea that we are going to go back to the original way that the Bible was meant to be kept by keeping the seventh day Sabbath was kind of the cornerstone of of that, so or this, or by at least yeah. like letting the Bible interpret itself. And yeah. the first real thing that came out of that was the seventh day Sabbath, yes. like the discovery of that. And yeah. so the message became in in the late eighteen hundreds, nineteen, and even up to today, the message has become that. The other denominations have been doing it wrong. We are doing it right because we are keeping the seventh day Sabbath. And so those those other denominations, if they're not doing it right, we can't listen to them. They're not, they don't have the full truth. Yeah. They don't have present truth. They don't have the light. What can they add to us? What can they add to us when we're more yeah, correct we're clearly, than them? Yeah. And so this is this is absolutely played into this idea that that we are better than them because we have the truth. And so we don't listen a lot of times. And I say we kind of collectively. Um, this is not true of every individual. There are Adventists that are listening to this. I'm, I don't do that. Okay, I'm not talking about you then. Congratulations. Like, But I think everyone was willing to acknowledge they've at least seen it. Yeah, absolutely. I think in every congregation they've seen it. I had, uh, when I was pastoring, a, a couple times with members in leadership positions where they would say things. I mean, I, I had one guy that actually said, one individual, I should keep it gender neutral, who who actually said um, inferred? They didn't directly say, but they like strongly inferred, like yeah, substituted pronouns, kind of a thing. Where if you're not Adventist, you're an abomination to the Lord, kind of a thing. And luckily, a few people with me kind of shut him down and were like, "Yeah, that's not at all what the Bible says." But I'm like that. Everyone, I think, if they're being truly honest with themselves, everybody has had something like that, a moment like that, where somebody looked at somebody else and was like, ugh, and they just kind of rolled their eyes and like, well, at least we're not like, insert name here. Well, and I've seen it, I've seen it happen from the church standpoint too, like the local church standpoint of members going, I don't want the people from outside coming into this church until they're more like us. Yeah. I don't, I feel... That's the danger of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I've watched that attitude happen this idea, we have it right until they become more like us. They aren't welcome here because they're not doing it right. And, you know, they're putting me at risk because of how wrong they are. It, and it, it, it really skews your motivation, too. I went to, I think I've shared this 
on the podcast before. By the way, I love the fact that our banter actually works because we're not having a delay over Google Chrome. This uh, is Google great. Hangouts. Yes, Google Hangouts. Yeah, yeah, we're not sorry. interrupting each other. It's great, except for right now. Um, but yeah, no, I I I saw this one time. I went to a big convention. Um, and at this convention, they were bringing up examples of people and literally bringing people up on the stage. They were like, "Isn't it so excited?" They were. I'm just going to use it as, a, as an example. I don't remember specifics, but oh, they were a Methodist, and and now they're an Adventist. Oh, they were a, a non-denominational. Now they're Adventist. And I was like, "Shouldn't we be saying?" And I'm not saying that they weren't, but I'm saying, "Shouldn't we be excited that a child who was lost is now found?" Like, shouldn't that be what we were excited that one of the you know the the mm-hmm. the one sheep that we went out and found someone who was lost, and now they found Christ. And, and yeah, I mean, it happened to be throughout, like, to me, it's, it's that, it's a, it's a, not even that slight of a change, but it's a huge shift in perception because it's like, it's not just that, oh, well, they already believed, but they didn't believe right enough. It was like, this person wasn't, didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And now they do. That's what we should be excited about every single time. And I'm not saying that Adventists do this every single time or more. I'm just saying that was the particular attitude they had. And it it represented to me that exceptionalism. And that's the danger of it is that, well, you're not really saved. Yeah, exactly. Your, your relationship with Jesus and you knowing and accepting Jesus is not enough. Yeah. You also need to be evangelical, Adventist, Baptist, Southern Baptist, whatever, right? You have to be, our, you have to be a part of our tribe to have your relationship with Jesus save you. Only your relationship with Jesus filtered through this set of beliefs is what will save you. I'm, I'm going to use and big, words, big word warning. Unless your Christology and your soteriology match mine, you cannot be saved. Yeah. So your beliefs about Christ unless and your beliefs, beliefs about, about Christ Unless your beliefs about salvation mirror mine, you cannot be saved. And it's like, well, I mean, I think there are some degrees to that. But to, for the most part, no. Functionally, salvation works the same. Functionally, salvation works. Yeah, exactly. It works the, kind of the same. And it's very basic. I think when we add a lot of details to it, we tend to get lost in the forest of the trees. I mean, there's some people that, that there's some beliefs that take it so far beyond the pale that I'm like, ah, you know, I, I, okay, I can kind of see an argument from that standpoint. But the majority of Christianity has virtually the same mm-hmm. Well, and we've done basic beliefs when you boil it down. I think there's another angle to this too. I think another reason we participate in denominational superiority is fear, right? If I've given my if I've given my entire life to Adventism, I don't want to be wrong, and if I don't want to be wrong, then there have been times where I've been afraid to read books about evolution, to read books about other belief systems, because I'm thinking in the back of my mind there's this fear that crops up of what if I'm wrong and now I have to change everything that I've ever known. Because if I leave Adventism, I leave friends, I leave family, I leave um, careers, I have a useless degree, I leave everything that I've known to be true about both God and myself and my world around me. Um, That's scary. And so there's this fear that that drives us to shun everything else, to throw up the walls and make make our, our, our faith a citadel that does not allow for questions to come in because those questions might tear at the fabric of what we know to be true or what we regard to be true. And so there's so this is actually fear, because if I believe that I'm better than you, I don't need to listen to you. Why do I care about what you have to say if I already know that I'm better than you, because I'm more right, or I have, I have truth that you don't have? Well, I, I think a better way of saying that is if 
I know better than you, then anything you say that might perhaps cause me to grow and question my faith, I can disregard. Yeah, it's dangerous. Even if what it's... you say is true and might the Holy Spirit might be trying to use you to speak to me, I can disregard it because, well, I mean, you're not. And, and you know, we've talked about this before. I find God in everyday life. In secular things, in I, I watched, I watched Into the Spider Verse, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. I saw parts of, and it, it, and I'll beat, I will totally, I will totally admit that this was not the intention of the, the makers. Movie. Yeah, uh, but I saw parts of the Christian story in there, you know, self sacrifice and and you know, I won't get into all of it, but I saw the in there, and I was like, oh man, I can make totally make a sermon out of this. Um. Because I saw things that connected to that, and 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 just, and I'm not saying that this happens to everybody. This is my particular journey, mm-hmm. but I love watching stuff like that because I get it out of there. But God can't speak to me if I'm not willing to open up and say. And obviously, this is a different thing. But I'm like, if if, let's just say, I don't even know, um, Craig Rochelle, just because he's not my denomination. He can't say anything right. Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like he might be saying, um, he might be saying something that's incredibly good, incredibly beautiful, and strong, and teaches me something new about Christ. But if I'm not open to that, I'm going to miss out on something that God has to show me. Well, and that's what's so funny. There have been times, and I know this is true for others too. There have been times because I did this as an experiment, where I simply repackaged the biblical teaching of a non-Adventist pastor, preached it, um. Obviously, through my own, like I, like I said, I repackaged, so not plagiarizing. I still filtered it through my own writing, my own, but the core idea was something that came or that I learned about initially from a non-Adventist pastor. Would preach it in my church, talk about it on a podcast, wherever, and Adventists would go, yes, amen. That's us. That's Adventism. Yeah, that's us. Oh, man, you're such a good Adventist speaker. I'm like, if only you knew. But if they had heard that out of the mouth of someone like Andy Stanley, Louis Giglio, Craig Rochelle. They would have rejected it immediately out of hand by virtue of where yeah. it came from. And so just because if you're willing to accept a message simply because it became it came from Adventist, there is as many different types of Adventists as there are different types of Christians. Like and I know that like logically there's a numbers issue there, like there's a math issue with that statement, but you get what I mean. I mean, when spectrum I wise, that. no, I, I think it's really true. I mean uh, the spectrum is as wide. Is as wide as basic yes. Christianity. I would say that we are perhaps still more on the conservative. Oh, the most side. liberal Adventist is it's a conservative, conservative. evangelical. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, like I would say, yeah, no, the spectrum is as wide as at least anything else in Christianity. Yeah. Um, but but again and again, like I think that's why it makes it kind of difficult when we try to get together and talk about something as a group, um, because again, it gets into and and. It begs the question, we've been talking about this a little bit, you know, at what point do you consider yourself an Adventist? You know, where do you draw the line of, well, you can believe X amount of things and still be Adventist, but if you, you know, if you only have 13 of the 28, well, then you're not really an Adventist. Well, I think... Which I, I you know, that's a that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. Right now, but, yeah. but the We will revisit is like, that, absolutely. Yeah, but the, but the reality is, like, that's the question that you have to start asking if you start... Yeah. You know what I mean? If you go down that idea of only this, 
can be truth. I go back to the phrase present truth, right? When you hear present truth, what do you think of? Not 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 like take away like unlearn all that you have learned. When you just hear that phrase, what does it sound like? I'm I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. The first place that my mind went when you said that was the key and yeah, peel substitute yeah, teacher yeah, skit. Yeah. Where he goes, present <laughs> that that is Truth the first is. that is A A Ron, that is the first You done messed up, Balake. <laughs> no, I no. That is all right. So when you hear present Bible. truth, like what what does it sound like to you? I don't know. Like um our current interpretation of or the current fullness of, of our expression of so, belief. Something something, like something that. that's coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that's new and fresh and this is yeah. this is truth as it is presently. Just our interpretation of that phrase can be so different in the Adventist church. Forget Christianity. Are you present truth, Tony? Well, that's the thing. You have present truthers yeah. in our church. And those of you who don't know, like, do a little research on it. Like, And I'm not knocking present truthers, but I'm saying for some people, present truth is past truth. Mm-hmm. And by Let definition, me, yeah. they don't believe in present truth, but they call it, this yeah. is present truth. If someone truth. asks me, are you present truth? It's a red flag. In my yeah, life. yeah. And I'm like, um, what do you mean by yeah. that? Because to me, present truth is truth that is presently here. Mm-hmm. And it's truth from the past, but it's also truth that we're continuing to learn. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a it's a movement. It's much more fluid and 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 uh, um, not flexible, but what's the elastic? It's much more elastic, mm-hmm. uh, like the brain. Like we're learning about you know our neurons and how you can regrow and and grow new places. That's how present truth ought to be. But our interpretation of that is so yeah. wide, and some people will say, "Well, if you don't believe just that." phrase the same way I do, you're not truly Adventist. When I think of when I think of present truth, I think of let's say the Sabbath, right? We've talked about the Sabbath where the original teaching of the Sabbath within Adventism was this is the this is the 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 biblically correct way of doing it. And for a group of people, for for a society that valued the truth of the objective truth of Scripture, awesome. That was great. They wanted to follow what was biblically true. That value is not the same now in today's society. And I, when I think of present truth in the Sabbath, I think of the Sabbath being presented now not just as a biblically correct model, but also as something that is completely countercultural to the rush and busyness of society that gives you the opportunity to rest, to recover, to regroup, to spend intentional time with your family and invest in your own health and emo- like. And that idea of Sabbath is very much as a, as a personal. It's a it's, personal it's, growth, and it's present value. Truth. Yeah, and it's present truth, and obviously God is within that framework. For sure, but like that's present truth is the idea that it, it's 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 bringing understanding more understa- of the core yes, concept, like absolutely. growing in our understanding of a concept yeah. and bringing new, whether whether to an old concept or even bringing in a new concept into yeah. the you know what I mean, introducing a new character into the mix. And I think, well, I, you were telling me about a tweet from uh, Rachel Held Evans, who is I want to say an evangelical. Yes, well, sort of. She sort of identifies Ma- that mainstream. Way. I mean, evangelical is such a broad term. Yeah. That's like saying I'm a Christian, white. <laughs> like that can encompass like yeah. Scandinavian, Germanic. Like, Which, that... to be fair, along the races, I meant to bring this up earlier before I bring up this Rachel Held Evans quote. Um, propaganda was on Southern's campus a few weeks ago. And he brought up the he, point he's that, a, that he's a rapper. He's a, yes, not, or, or not, spoken spoken word artist. No, he's a rapper. Okay, he's, he's a, a hip hop artist, straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, he's from LA. His wife has a PhD in not sociology, but something along those lines. Um, dude, smart. Wife, smart. Everyone's smart in that family. They're cool guys. They're they're cool people. But propaganda brought up the point in, in a in a talk to Southern students, and he was he was basically like, "Look, white people 
didn't even like eat did, didn't even like Each different other. kinds yeah. of white people prior to prior to America like prior to America. Now white is this big classification, but like he literally was like people on the southern part of the island didn't like people on the northern part of the island um, even though they're living on the same island just because they were from the north part of the island they didn't like them. Like that is that is how crazy denominational superiority racism is. It's this idea that just because of who I am, yeah. I'm better than you or where I'm from, whatever. People forget like there was a huge huge disparity uh, uh disparity uh uh dis- Blah, blah, blah. People hated Irish people. That's what they, yes. so they had the Irish, they hated Jews, they hated Italians, they hated anybody. Now they're all white. So it's like, oh, well, now we can all join together. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you didn't even like those type of people who were right next to you because they yep. did not have the same size eyebrows as you. And mm-hmm. you were like, oh, you suck and I'm going to kill you now. Yes, exactly. So, Rachel Held Evans, I found this tweet in 2017. So that's how long I've been thinking about this topic, just so we're clear. Not like every day it consumes me. But this is, this is actually the, the Twitter thread. As I, as I lie in bed and stare at the ceiling, <laughs> slowly, slowly allowing the darkness to descend on me. Yeah, uh, Rachel Held Evans, she's an author in the evangelical sector. She recently wrote the book Inspired, which is an incredible book. Very um, good, yeah. But on the 20th of December in 2017, she tweeted something in response to recent articles from Tim Keller, Ed Stetzer, and Beth Moore, and more. And um, she even, she, she, she's basically critiquing their response to the state of a current American evangelicalism. And um, she says, we've seen a lot of reflective pieces from evangelical leaders attempting to consider slash explain the white evangelical alliance with Trump more Bannon and white nationalism. I appreciate that many are concerned with this about this alliance, but it bothers me that so many of their pieces attempt to downplay or explain it away by questioning the statistics. So she keeps she keeps talking and she's referencing some specific stuff, and she says, uh, "So I think I finally figured out what all of this is about." Um, in other words, the the attempt to explain the alliance of evangelicals to. Uh, to, to, to Trump. And, not not well, justify it, but even like, well, this is why this, this happened. Is, yeah, they're just yeah. trying to say. She said, so I think I finally figured out what this is about. Let's call it, and Adventists in the room that think that Adventists are the only ones that deal with this, let this be a lesson right now, because this rocked me. This is what opened my eyes to it. That's mostly sugar. She said, so I think I finally figured out what this is about. Let's call it evangelical exceptionalism. And if you just Google Rachel Held Evans, evangelical exceptionalism, this tweet pops up immediately. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. She says, I'm familiar with evangelical exceptionalism because I grew up with it. It was the idea that the quote-unquote world or culture is secular, dark, and lost. Only evangelical Christians, not Catholics, not mainline Protestants, carry the light. Many white evangelicals believe the world is affected by racism, greed, sexual immorality, and idolatry, but evangelical Christians are not. The world is lost. Evangelicals know the way. The world has questions. Evangelicals have the answers. And so there is an unwillingness, I'm still quoting here, I'm still reading this Twitter thread, and so there is an unwillingness to, among many evangelicals to admit something's wrong here. Evangelical culture has been profoundly affected by racism, religious nationalism, individualism, greed, etc. They can't admit that because they believe themselves to be exceptional. If I change the word evangelical for Adventist in all of that, it is just as true. Oh, yeah. Just as true. If, if you lined those two up and just swapped the words out, nobody would know the difference. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> 
So and she goes she goes on to um, bring out some notable exceptions, um, especially evangelical women who are pointing out a lot of the same things that she's pointing out here. She says the truly prophetic voices in evangelicalism right now are not the are not the ones explaining Trump evangelical alliance away, but the ones calling for repentance. The ones that are calling and saying calling out and saying we did it, we've been doing it wrong. So this is so Rachel Held Evans is doing this self awareness, right? This is that's what she's doing here is this idea of self awareness to say no, the problem is intrinsic with us. We are not actually better than anyone else, and the belief that we are has made us blind to our own problems, and this, or at least blind to the root of our own problems. Because there's a lot of people in Adventism that will say there's something wrong here, sure, but they'll say that the wrongness is coming only from the other side. There is a. T- I'm. I'm someone who believes. Hey, let me get a speck out of your eye. Yeah, I believe that women's ordination is is. I mean, aside from the fact that ordination itself is an odd thing, I believe that women should be ordained within the current system. Absolutely, but that doesn't mean that I excuse every single behavior from someone who identifies the same way I do on that belief spectrum. The the behaviors of many who support the ordination of women have been abhorrent. And I'm not saying every single woman deserves to be ordained either, Correct. or a man. Yeah, I mean, again, right. I go back yeah. to I don't think anyone should be ordained because that's old. But, but yeah, yes. like it, it, I'm not saying that up oh, ordination. Ordination as a system should be revisited, but, but, in, but, if, but as long even, as this system as exists, this worked, and even if we were, I'm not even saying that every woman deserves. I'm like, you have yeah. to do that on the base because the some people don't like they yeah. they've acted in a way that tells me no, yeah, no. And so this is so, and, and in the same way, I could look at those who are anti women's ordination, uh, and I can say, you have every right to believe the way you do, and some of your behaviors have been abhorrent and repulsive and gross as well. In fact, I can think of one specific reference, and this actually wasn't about women's ordination, but it was about something else, an article I read recently where uh, someone had died, a, a, a prominent figure had died recently, not one of, like, not an evangelist or someone, but someone more involved in the healthcare side of things, uh, and one website wrote basically at the top of their, uh, uh, they wrote an article stating he'd passed away. And the top of the article basically said, so-and-so passed away. Here's the address for the viewing. Here's the time. Our deepest condolences to the family. And then what followed is that one paragraph is probably six lines long. It takes you, what, 10, 20 seconds to read? If It's like 10 seconds to read, right? Then what follows is an article that probably will take you 20 to 30 minutes to read about all the terrible, horrible things he did against Adventism uh, that were dangerous to Adventism as an Adventist. And I'm just like, are you like, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. Like you don't get to say our deepest condolences to the family and then proceed to completely assassinate this man's character when he's not even alive to defend himself anymore. I, I mean, you can, yeah, as it, they clearly it, it, it did, did, but it's not but right. It's not. Yeah. It's like, way, well, all right. So that tells me a lot more about you than, and in the same way, I've watched those on the pro-women's ordination side or a more progressive view. I've watched them um, assassinate the characters of those on the far side. I have watched, um, I've watched them basically say, I've watched people say, you need to get lost. I've seen uh, prominent figures in Adventism say to a room full of people that believe that women shouldn't be ordained earnestly. I've watched them say to that room, this is going to happen. We're just waiting for you to die off, right? That's not okay. Um, I, I, you know, so I, I, I'm trying to be fair here as much as possible, but this belief that just because you identify one way or your beliefs are one way does not make you better than anyone else. And the idea that you are better than anyone else will make you blind to your own problems. 
Absolutely. It's the log in your eye. It's a speck in your brother's eye instead of the log in your own. Absolutely. I think that's the root of the denominational superiority argument. You know, I see a lot of parallels to um, time of Christ, you know, uh, just so much. Um, because the Pharisees were the good believers back then. And people weren't as good as those believers back then. Um, if you if you didn't if you didn't follow the traditions to the exact way that I have, you you can't get into heaven. That's literally what yeah. Phariseeism was all about. Um, over the six hundred, et cetera, blah 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 laws, and there, and there's a lot of that's been out there about that. Um, if you haven't read up on that, I mean, just do it's 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 way beyond the pale. Yeah. Um, but it's a perfect example. Like as much as things change, I mean, Solomon knew what he was doing. Nothing's changed. Nothing new under the sun. Like it's time. Time is concentric flat circles. It's just us doing the same thing over again, but forgetting that we have done it in the past. And like every third generation is like, okay, well, let's make the same mistakes. Um, and I think the, you know, I think one of the things that you have to ask. When it comes to this, it's okay. Well, if if you don't believe that you are completely right, why do you even join? Like, why are you even a part of something if you don't believe that it is the best thing to join? And I think that's a fair question. Um, yeah, but there's a there's a difference, right? There's like a key difference between believing that this is the most right place to be, and I'm better than you because I'm in the most now, right see, place to that's, be. That's okay. So, so you literally you literally cut me off of the past. So the the example that the answer I would have to that. Why would you cut me off? Sugar. No, sick I'm him. sorry. I'm sorry, friend. Um, so she she jumped she, up at that. Uh, to me, I would I would go back to the Pharisee and the tax collector. Right, tax collector is committing sin. He is stealing from people. Right, this is inferred in the story. Right, because tax collectors, uh, back in the day, if you don't know, kind of the, the story about tax collectors, they would uh, basically pay a fee to the Roman government for the right to collect taxes. And then they basically got to do whatever they wanted. They basically could collect as many taxes as they, as much as they wanted, as high a percentage as they wanted, as long as it didn't result in like crazy revolution, like people, you know, starting revolutions. Yeah. Um, So you had quite a bit of leeway. And so tax collectors were known for basically being extortioners and, and, you know, similar like to the mafia. Um. And what's crazy is you have the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee. The tax collector is a sinner, right? The Pharisee, by by just, again, we're going to assume that the Pharisee isn't actively sinning. Um, and that's inferred in the story is that he is not, that, that the things that he is saying is are true. When yeah. he comes in and he, pr- he prays this prayer, he was like, God, thank you so much that I'm not like other men. Uh, I'm not like this tax collector over here. I pray every day. I fast, you know, multiple yeah, times a week. Yeah, and he's being honest. He's being and, as and honest the, as he can. And the is that is that all these things are true. Yes. That he actually does, he actually does, in fact, do these things and live his life in this manner. And the Pharisee comes in, and or the, 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 the tax collector comes in and goes, God, forgive me a sinner. The inference here is not that one is better than the other, but rather that one actually receives salvation because one acknowledged the fact that under God, all of us have sinned and fallen short. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I go back to when we talk about denominational superiority, I go back to the reality of 
all have sinned and fallen short. Paul didn't say, well, we see darkly, you know, as in a mirror, but Adventists like totally don't even see darkly. Like that's mostly Catholics see darkly, but Adventists see clearly. It's like, no, if you have light, you have more responsibility. And it goes back to the concept of what leadership is in the Bible. It, leadership in the Bible meant more responsibility and you were held to a higher standard. It didn't mean you were better than everyone else. It meant you had a harder life. Look well, at prophets. And that's, that's if, I, if I look at Scripture and I think of uh, the idea of you're a light in a city on a hill, Yeah. right? The point of being a light, a, a lit city on a hill, is that others out in the darkness will see that light, and, see be that light and be drawn to, to it. it. So if you believe that you're better than them, then as they get drawn to it, you go... No, 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 no. Yeah, this is literally this the, is, you this put is, a bushel over yeah, and like, no, I don't want anyone else is, to have this. This is my yeah. light. You don't get this because you're not like me. This is the this this is what led to um, the idea that you know Israel being God's chosen people, Samaritans not God's chosen people, Samaritans therefore suck. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, you know or Gentiles, Gentiles as well, Jews yeah. and versus yeah. Gentiles. Yeah. And in within Adventism, the framework of Seventh Day Adventism, it's remnant versus non-remnant. This is that is absolutely the case, and it is dangerous. Different wallpaper, same building. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're listening to this and going yes yes yes, then just I'm grateful that we've been able to say something that you um, that you can identify with. Maybe we've said something that you've been feeling for years and have been able to express it well. Great. Maybe we've given you language to express the stuff in your heart that you've been feeling. Great. But if you listen to this and you think, yes, that's exactly the problem, those people. Yeah, no, we're talking about us. We're talking about us. Yep. So please understand that if you're listening, go, yeah, you, that's, that's what, you know, those people. If you think you're better than someone else because you don't think you're better than someone else. You are now the problem. You are now the problem. Yep. Like that's, that's literally, the, the point is not that the people who believe that they're better than someone else are the problem. The problem is that I think I'm better than anyone else yep. and that I automatically have a tendency to fall into that trap. It's human tendency. It like, is it's, absolutely it's, it's, human it's, it's tendency. It's very human. Um, and the reality, and the reality is, like, we're all on a journey. That's the truth. To me, that's how you get out of it. Like, that's how you get out of it is is by sitting and and looking at oneself and discovering what is it that God's trying to tell me. What is it that God's trying to reveal to me to help me learn and grow closer to Him and and becoming self-aware of my weaknesses. And, and the reality is like one of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, humbleness. Yeah. When you become humble, when you understand what God did, like, like Paul even describes it. He's like, I am the chief of sinners. And he wasn't saying that metaphorically. And he wasn't or fishing he for wasn't, compliments. He wasn't fishing for compliments like, or no, humble Paul, bragging. You're great. He, he literally meant that. He's like, no, no, no. I am the worst of them. Let me like, let me I tell you why. Christians. Yeah, like like I am the chief of sinners, which is why I am so grateful because to whom much has been forgiven, much is appre- you know what I mean? Like yeah. much more is appreciated. And he goes, I am the chief of sinners, even still. By the way, he wasn't referring to his past sins. He was referring to his right. present, yeah, present condition. Yes. Now, obviously, he wasn't sinning again, but he goes, because of who I know I am outside of Christ. To me, that's always the question I have to ask. Yep. And this is something that I've always told myself, never forget this. Without Jesus in my life, I know exactly who I would be. Yeah. 
if Jesus was not in my life, I know exactly who I would be. And I never forget that. And I pray that he never allows me to forget that. And a lot of people do. A lot of people forget. But for the grace of God, Mm -hmm. there go I. Well, I think there's another there's another solution to this too, and that is by actively looking for the imago dei, or actively looking for the image of God in yes. other people, the image bearing qualities in other people that don't walk, think, and talk like you. The fact that you can walk around in your denomination and never talk to a single person outside of your faith, or know how to talk to a single person outside of your faith, is dangerous, and it's and it's scary because it it, it entrenches that better attitude in you, like that I'm better and that superiority in you. Whereas if you are actively looking, like you want to know the struggle of an LGBTQ person, go get to know one and look for the image-bearing qualities of God in them. Remember, God is love. We love because God first loved us. Anyone who loves is exhibiting a God image or an image of God trait, an image-bearing trait. Um, this is that, that that's just absolutely true. Looking for the good in other people and the, the things that level you, that's what's great. Now, here is the danger. It is very easy, and I watch this happen all the time, Ah, see, I go out and I have those friends, and I and I am in community with people that are different from me, and I don't believe I'm better than them. It's the people that don't have that community yeah. that are the problem. Okay, congratulations, you are now participating. You see how easy it is to fall yeah. into this trap? Yeah, like it's it's so easy, even in doing the correct things, to then say like that's the idea. You're doing something more right, and you suddenly begin to believe that the thing you're doing right makes is what you makes better. you better. Yeah. yeah, and that's not sustainable. I. I- I'm going to give a quick disclaimer before I go into this thing. I 100% believe that the Seventh-day Adventist Church, for me, has the most light. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, no, I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Now, now, I believe it's also, and we've talked about this before. It's a, it's a mentality and a mindset and a way of reading the Bible. It's, it's a movement, not an organization, that I subscribe to, and I believe the organization is aligned with that movement currently. I don't know what that's going to change in the future, but right now, Seventh Adventist organization and Seventh Adventist movement are one and the same, effectively. Yes, for for all intents and purposes, they're the same. However, I love the description in the Horse and His Boy that Aslan gives. At one point, uh, the main character asks what happened to one of the other main characters, and Aslan goes, basically, he he tells him, "Don't don't worry about that." Like. I told them their own journey. You focus on your journey. Like, I'm not going to share. You focus on you. Don't worry about them. I'll deal with them. You focus on you. And I'm paraphrasing there. Um, but I, even as a kid, and I read that I was probably seven, eight when I first read that, and it struck me. And it's something that has stayed with me my entire life because it's so true. So many times we act just like that Pharisee and go, oh, thank God I'm not like them. Yep. Because I go out and hang out with the LGBTQ community, or I do evangelism, or I actually, you know, I stay true to the to the Seventh Adventist or, traditions. Or the classic, or, or the classic race, the anti-racist. I have friends that are black, oh, so I have, I'm not racist. Yeah, I'm not like them. Are, yeah, I'm not like those people. And instead of, instead of looking at oneself and saying, I don't care about them, I care about me. Mm-hmm. Am I doing, God will deal with them. God, for good or bad, God's going to deal with yep. those quote unquote people. But again, the problem is God has called us to reach those people. Yep. Jesus didn't just reach the 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 secular lost for for that. He came to also reach the religious lost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so and so, 
I, I always want to make sure that when I am looking and trying to observe and trying to love people, that I'm looking up both ends and I'm associating myself. I am associating myself with anyone who disagrees with me or anyone who doesn't see it from my side, on the right, on the left, up, down, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in the sight. When I can do that and when I can find the humanity in everyone like you were talking about, find that Imago Day, then we can start to believe we are right without believing we're better. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to like with much here's Spider-Man again, with great power comes great responsibility. With great light comes great responsibility. Um, because I believe I have more light, it is my job to sh- to share that. But the reality is, and and some people might disagree with me on this, and I'm going to take a bit of a Maybe a little well, bit don't of a worry. controversial Well, don't worry. You're better stance. than them if you yeah. do. Um, <laughs> I problem. have seen some non-Adventists truly have better biblical and how do I say how do I say this? Christ understanding, Christ likeness, Christ not Christ likeness, but Christ like understanding of the character of Christ. Okay, yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. then I'd write like I, I have heard some of this stuff, and I go, "That's the Jesus of the Bible." And, and then I went to church that week, and I heard something that was completely against the Jesus of the Bible, but sounded one hundred percent Adventist. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think Adventism too. The way that I kind of describe Adventism is Adventism is like the gospel look looking at the gospel through a magnifying glass. Like we can yeah. we get yeah. to see into the details of the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of explanation for in Adventism for how that salvation works and, and like physically what's going on. And it's beautiful, but sometimes you can get so bogged down by, you, mi- you miss the forest for the trees. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You miss the forest for the, you're so caught up looking at the trees that you miss the bigger, simple picture that you are just within this beautiful plan enacted by God to save and be in relationship with his people and his creation. You're so busy looking at the various parts of the sanctuary, you forget the God who is currently in the sanctuary. Yeah, and you forget like, the purpose Jesus, of the Jesus, move out of the way. I got to stay the menorah. Like, yeah, exactly. That and 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 so it's dangerous. It absolutely is dangerous, and it's so easy for all of us to fall into it. Even the people criticizing those who believe they're better than someone else. That, that would be us. That would be us. Uh, we. I feel like this is deja vu, right? I'm having major deja vu in this exact moment. But I think it's also but, important that we do kind of hype on it a little bit. And, and Yeah. I, I think, yeah, we're not better than anyone else. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm definitely better I mean, than you. I mean, and, and Luke is better than both of us. Yeah, Luke this Steen is, is true. Because the only L that in Luke Steen's man. life is the one at the beginning of his name. That is a beautiful, beautiful man. a beautiful man. Inside and out. Now, this is the true test on whether he listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that's it. That's what this is. Does he is. listen to the bitter end? Well, stay tuned for the next episode of Dragon Ball Z to <laughs> find out if Luke listens to we absurdity. St- we need to start adding, like, at the very end, like trivia n- trivia notes and just be like, and if you say the, l- the letter, you know, Q. The first person to tweet me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, no, and, and, and this is, but I. I think it's really important for us to always be self-aware, to be a part of a community also. And remember, I've said this before, uh, everything I say is predicated on the idea that you are surrounding yourself in a biblical community that will call you and hold you to accountability when you won't hold yourself there. These are people that you've given explicit permission to call you out and um, and, and to hold you accountable to the things that you aren't holding yourself accountable to, even if that means that you are acting in a way that says, I'm better than anyone else. 
That's what and, that community is there for. And that community can be bigger than the Adventist church itself. Absolutely. Where Jesus only, you know, Jesus' entire community, other than, I mean, obviously the disciples bearing, but the people that Jesus actively sought to spend time with were people that did not think the way he did. Just saying. <laughs> and I guarantee you that everyone that Jesus walked around did not end up believing the same way he did. Just go ahead and read John 6 real quick. John 6, where he preaches, he, after he feeds like 10,000 people, the, num- the, the number in the Bible is 5,000, women and children not physically counted in that, so closer to 10,000. Um, they follow him to the other side of the lake, expecting him to feed them or do more miracles, and he goes, uh, yeah, that's not, like, the, the point is not the food and, and the miracles, the point is me and, and salvation and believing in the one who saves, and they go, oh, we, we just are here for the free food, we're going to leave. And then he goes, he looks at his disciples who are staying around, and he goes, hey, are you, you guys are going to leave too? Yeah. And they go, where, where do we have to go? But literally 10,000 people leave him. Uh, yeah, no, we're out. Yeah. No. The, the people that Jesus spent time with were not always people that ended up believing the same way as him, walking the same way with him, or otherwise. And so this is something that is really important for us, I think, to keep in mind and to always be looking at ourselves and thinking, in what area of my life do I believe I'm better than someone else? Because if that's the case, I will always behave in fear. And I'm talking about me. I will always behave in fear that they might become better than me. And every action I take will be, will be with the intent to make sure they never become better than me, to limit them. So Male headship. If I believe that men have this better role or bigger role than women, everything I do will make sure that they never get to be bigger or better than me. And equality is seen as bigger and better than me. If you get the roles that I do, suddenly my stature, my position in society is, is, uh, is threatened. This is true with our threatened masculinity episode that we just did a couple of weeks ago. A72, I believe, is um, threatened masculinity. I mean, it's, it's just the case where if everything you do will be out of this fear that your relevancy will be threatened by someone else having it more right than you. And it's just, it can't, we, can't keep, we can't love people if we're doing that. We can't love people if we're yeah. operating in that I, framework. I think that's ultimately the biggest danger. I mean, we talked about some specific dangers that you can fall into, but ultimately you'll, you will stop loving other people. You'll stop loving the people that Jesus commanded us to love if you do that. Um, it took years for the disciples to break their mentality and take the gospel. It it took somebody who had to be completely broken down in Paul, like mm-hmm. stripped down to his core as a person, uh, for the for the Gentiles to finally get an advocate. Yep, and and that that is the the, the ultimate danger is that Christ's final commandment to his disciples or to his apostles, but disciples too is I lo- I want you to love each other, and other people the way that I love you. Mm-hmm. Please do this. I'm about to die. I don't know if I'm coming back. If you forget everything else, love other people. And when we think I, it, we can justify not loving other people and not letting other people speak into our lives, and not letting God speak into our lives through other people, when we think we are better. Yep. Well, and I think even Peter. Peter's a man considered so close to God, so reflecting the image of God and what he did, his shadow could heal people. And then in Galatians 2, the dude gets called out for being a racist. Like, everyone struggles with this, including the apostles. So, And you, and you learn. And, and that's not to say that you have to stay there. And that's why he said it. 
if we didn't think this could get better, we wouldn't say anything. We'd be like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. This is yeah exactly. So this is why I don't talk about the Patriots on this because I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix the. Pro- <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how to fix the problem of the Patriots. Thank I you. I was gonna say traveling in the NBA, but yes. Yeah, that traveling in the NBA is a big one too. That's oh a good one. man, Twitter Twitter has some videos. <laughs> it's seven steps. How do you not count? Se- well, he lost possession. That he lost it out of his own hands. That's traveling. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, uh, on that strong, powerful note. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. I have uh, just a couple things that I want you to know outside of the standard uh, standard outro. The first of which is uh, we're going to be doing some more interactive stuff on Facebook. So if you want to have more of a voice in what goes on in our conversations on this show, uh, we'll be actually posting stuff ahead of time, ahead of our recording times uh, and on Facebook and asking for opinions and, and, and comments so that uh, we can get what you think and and include that in our conversations. Absolutely, uh, there is always a third seat at the table in our recordings, and I want that seat to be better represented. So uh, just pay attention. Facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. That's going to start soon, uh, probably in about two weeks from now. Actually, potentially this week. Um, so just pay attention to that. The other thing uh, that I want you to know is Patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. If you want to support this podcast financially. That's the place to go. It does not charge you as soon as you sign up. It actually charges you at the first day of the next month or the next pay period. So uh, just pay attention to that. If you're wait- waiting till your next paycheck, don't worry, it won't charge you immediately. The other cool thing is you'll get ad-free episodes of this podcast and you'll get bonus episodes if you're a $5 patron or more per month. And if you are getting bonus episodes, check this out. Patreon gives you a private RSS feed. And the reason this is so cool is you can actually, if you listen to us through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those apps, you can actually just put copy and paste that RSS feed into your app and it will show in the, the Patreon version, the ad-free version of this podcast will show up as a regular podcast on your feed. And you can listen to that. You don't have to have the Patreon app. You don't have to go online every time or see it in your email. You get it right there where you normally listen to podcasts. So go check that out, patreon.com slash absurditypodcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being a part of this journey. If you follow us on iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. That really helps us out. Um, Tony, thank you for being here, for being in Chattanooga, for coming all this way. Of course. Uh, for a late birthday celebration for me. Uh, I appreciate you and love you, man. Um, and I'm looking forward to the future of, of what's coming with Absurdity. He just hugged me across the table like air hug. So, Tony, I love you, man. I love you, listeners. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. We'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.